0: Welcome to Living a Full Life Podcast. Join us as we explore health topics that encourage raising healthy children, living a healthy life, and living the best life possible. Now, here's your host. I'm Dr. Enrico dolch and welcome to another episode of Living a Full Life. This week's topic, preventing dementia. That's a big one. Brain health and maintaining this as long as we possibly can is probably one of the most important things that we can do. Dementia is partially genetic, but it is directly correlated to many lifestyle habits that many of us should try to avoid. So, what is dementia? What can we do to help preserve our brain health? Over and through the course of our life, it's going to start with understanding how the brain functions and how it works. We don't have enough time for all that. So I'll sum it up for you very easily in this podcast and we'll keep it short. Dementia is a decline in cognitive function, including memory loss. It can create impaired thinking and changes in behaviors and emotions. This is early onset dementia. These are typically the signs that are seen through doctors that help diagnose this. Those are the things that they're looking at when they're doing tests, not only in the senior population, but even in the younger population, post-concussion concussion syndrome, and anything that can affect the brain, these tests are done to make sure that we're not causing full brain damage in the long term. The most popular disease out there is Alzheimer's disease when it comes to dementia. It's the most common one and accounts for about 60 to 70% of all dementia cases. It's characterized uniquely for an abnormal protein buildup of plaque in the brain. And depending where this plaque builds up, it can actually lead to the death of these brain cells. Uh, It can happen in the speech area. It can happen in the behavioral area. It can happen in the frontal cortex. It can happen in the post- posterior parts of the brain. It can happen in the hindbrain. Wherever the plaque builds up is the parts of the brain that get affected first. The second most common is vascular dementia. This is due to cardiovascular diseases over time that help pretty much break down or slow down the blood flow to the brain. This can be due to high blood pressure for for a long period of time, diabetes, high cholesterol, smoking, heart disease. All these things can lead to vascular type dementia. Then there's all the other diseases that happen. These are the 10%. And again, we don't want to turn this podcast into a disease podcast, but those things include Parkinson's disease, uh, creutzfeldt jacob disease, uh, Huntington's, HIV-type associated dementias, brain injuries, post-traumatic concussion syndromes. These and some genetic conditions can all lead to cognitive decline or dementia. So now that we got all the doom and gloom out of the way, what can we do? What are some lifestyle things that we can do in our life to help preserve as much brain function as possible for as long as we possibly can throughout our life? And it sounds like a broken record every every week on this podcast, but you know what I'm going to say for the top two, right? But I've got five or six for you, but the top two, and the research is unanimous about this, physical inactivity and the lack of regular physical activity over long periods of time has been directly correlated to developing dementia and decreasing cognitive ability in the brain so engaging in regular regular exercise is really important we want to be going for brisk walks almost every day swim cycle we want to keep our system moving for as long as we possibly can and we want to be consistent especially in the middle of our life in our 30s 40s and 50s when career can usually take over and make us more sedentary, we want to keep up that activity as much as we possibly can. So physical activity is the number one. If you turn off the podcast right here, get more active, and that'll probably be one of the best things you can do to preserve cognitive ability in your brain. The second is poor diet. And I knew you would know what I was going to say. But unhealthy eating habits um, is what leads to the plaques that we were talking about in Alzheimer's disease. Such diets that are high in saturated fats, cholesterol, processed foods have all been associated with dementia. So a healthy diet that includes fruits, vegetables, proteins, fiber, and the basis of a healthy diet are really important for your brain and your whole body. It all comes together when we talk about physical activity and diet. Your whole body needs a positive inflection of good nutrition. And movement. We know that. We know that. But what are some things that we do through our life that may speed up the process of cognitive decline? Smoking is by far the number one contributor to brain decay. It's a high risk factor for cardiovascular disease and cancer as well, but it also causes part of that ischemia to the brain over time. So quitting smoking can significantly improve the overall health and reduce the risk of dementia, for sure. Excessive alcohol consumption. So we use the word excessive because alcohol itself in moderation has not been correlated to a decline in cognitive ability in long term through your life. So in in small quantities, but we even know in short time what can happen in just one evening, When we excessively use alcohol, we have a significant decline in our brain function very quickly, right? So the accumulative effect over life of excessively consuming alcohol has a prolonged effect on the brain and definitely increases the risk of developing dementia. Uh, Chronic conditions can also lead to cognitive decline and dementia, such as diabetes, high blood pressure, obesity. These have all been linked to increasing the risk of dementia. Again, these things lead back to proper diet and exercise. Social isolation was the most interesting one out of all of these through the research from around the world showing that a lack of social engagement and mental stimulation have been associated with higher risk of cognitive decline and dementia. So we know that staying socially active and engaging in hobbies and even learning new skills or languages through our lifetime And participating in mental stimulating activities such as dialogue, communication, social gatherings definitely help with preserving mental acuity, cognition, and preventing dementia. So those are lifestyle events that we can do and focus on to help improve brain health. And then we want to preserve, you know, what are, what can we actively do now? You know, all my podcasts are about now and what you can do now, and sifting through all the research for you so that you can be confident in the knowledge that you get that what you do is going to be the best for you and your family. I will always strive to sift through that information for you. So let's go through the top maybe seven. Let's say seven things that you can do. I may I may list ten, but this top seven things that you can do right now, in detail, to help preserve both brain function, brain health, and overall health. Let's just be honest. Guess what I'm going to say for number one? Regular physical exercise. So we're talking about aerobic exercise here. So movement, just getting out moving. And the research has come with a, come up with a number of 150 minutes per week. So you can break that down into 30 minutes, five times a week. You can go for 20-minute walks every day whatever it may be, but that number 150 seems to be the number of consistent movement throughout the week and enough of it that shows a steep incline in overall health, which is fantastic. So moderately intensive exercise. We're not going for the 150, 180 beats per minute here. We're going for a walk, hundred beats per minute. We want to get up around there. Things as walking, jogging, dancing, biking, swimming, these things have all been shown to increase and elevate heart rate enough at a constant level that keeps us in proper cardiovascular rhythm. So that has been fantastic. And what's what's the point of that? Blood flow. It's all about blood flow. That's why we move is to move circulation in the body. And circulation encompasses everything in the body from vascular, so blood flow to and from the heart, and it also everything that comes with it. Oxygen, CO2, nutrients. Waste products—that's what we talk about. Circulation, the lymphatic flow, secretion, perspiration, urination—all these things are part of the circulation that we talk about to get the body moving. It's a machine, and the most elegant machine in the universe. Mental stimulation—that's number two. Keeping the brain active and challenged can help preserve memory. So, engage in activities that require you know a little bit of mental effort: reading, puzzles, crosswords, Sudoku. All these things that help stimulate the brain are great. Educational courses, constantly learning, even reading books has been fantastic to show prevention of dementia. Healthy diet, number three. We can see how mental stimulation was actually number two on the list. So number one, exercise. That's where the research is. The unanimous decision around the world that exercise helps prevent dementia. Number two was mental stimulation. It's actually that social gathering and mental stimulation that helps preserve mental acuity. So remember that as we get into diet. So diet's number three. It doesn't mean it's not important. It's just as important, but it's number three on the list. Usually those two are number one and two, always diet, exercise, diet, exercise. But when it comes to your brain, that mental stimulation is just as important. So healthy diet, balanced. We want a balanced diet of fruits, vegetables, grains, proteins, healthy fats, omega-3s. Those are the ones we're always talking about. Coconut, avocado, olive oil, leafy greens, blueberries, antioxidants, all these things. Fatty fish, the list goes on of a healthy diet. The Mediterranean diet unanimously encompasses most of the things that we talk about in health, longevity, and wellness from around the world. It all tends to point back to the Mediterranean diet. So why? Why the Mediterranean diet over others? Because of the great source of fatty acids that we get from that type of a diet that has a little bit of everything. So that's fantastic. Sleep is number four. Let's not forget about this. Sleep, good quality of sleep. The body and the brain can only heal at night during sleep. That's when we heal. Tissues heal, tissue repair. It's enough to slow down the body's movement. Remember, movement is a physical stress. Sitting in a chair is a physical stress. Walking is a physical stress. Exercise, everything we do is a physical stress, lifting and pushing and pulling. Everything we do during the day, stress and breaks down and micro tears tissue in the body, just does. And then we repair at night stronger for the next day. And so sleep plays an important role for the brain as well. Hands down, we should always be aiming for seven to eight hours of quality sleep. The average American gets about four and a half hours. That's just sleep. That's just the log sleep time that they have from the time they fall asleep to wake up. That doesn't include REM sleep, deep sleep, or if they're even getting any quality of sleep during that time. That is well short of seven to eight hours. So make sure we improve that. Go back to the podcast. It's one of our earlier podcasts in the series about sleep. We go through the sleep and the things to help improve sleep from blacking out the the light in the room, from soft noise, whatever it takes for different people have different ways of getting into that REM sleep. That's a great episode. Go back and listen to that one. Stress management, that's a tough one. Good luck managing stress through life. We have stress every single day, but managing it has been shown to help with cognitive ability later in life and chronic stages later in life as well. So. Yes, we know chronic stress can negatively impact memory and cognitive function, but what can we do to help manage stress? And sometimes we always think it's eliminating the stress in itself. Well, good luck eliminating your spouse. It's not going to work, right? So what we need to do is learn how to adapt to the stresses that we go through every single life, every single day. And that can come with little things such as meditation, breathing exercises, just slowing down a moment in your life or during the day to take some time to just inflect into your body. And it can be as simple as just breathing, just slowing down, taking deep breaths in and then deep breaths out can just reset the entire rhythm that stress disrupts. I hope that makes sense. Stress is constantly disrupting the rhythms in our body. And it's just a moment. It's just taking a moment to just reset those. And breathing can be a great one. That's things like yoga and exercise and all those things that people get into. That's truly what the underlying foundational change is what we're doing is changing those rhythms. Ah, uh, manage you know our chronic conditions. Some of us are stuck with some chronic conditions. You know, genetics play a bad role for some of us, and sometimes we're stu- we're we're dealt a bad deck of cards when it comes to genetics, and sometimes those things do overwhelm us and cause more stress physically and mentally. So we have to learn how to manage those. So managing the diabetes, the high blood pressure, the high cholesterol, those things can all affect cognitive memory, so it's it's really important to work with your doctor and manage those as best you can. When exercise and diet and breathing and yoga and all those things don't work, it's important to work with your health professional to manage those chronic conditions because they can get out of control. Losing weight is one of the the best things to help manage all chronic inflammatory conditions, but some of us are in a healthy weight range and still need some help. So make sure we're managing those conditions, whatever they may be. Limiting alcohol consumption, because we talked about excessive alcohol consumption being a direct cognitive impair we want to definitely limit it and what does it mean to limit it moderation or avoid it completely is a good rule and moderation means once in a while so maybe one alcoholic drink per week not per day so that's limiting consumption altogether stay mentally organized that's another one chaos and unorganization leads to mental stress which was earlier on and that just makes things More difficult. So, keeping organized creates lifelong skills that later in life, that organizational skills can lead into the later parts of our seventh, eighth, ninth decade, where we have those skills to just manage our current life at that time when we get up to those years of being able to manage our paperwork, manage our wallet, manage our finances, manage our insurance and car, and be able to drive as long as we possibly can. Those are great tools to develop through our life, being organized, using calendars, planners, and reminders to help stay on top of the million things we have to do every single day. And number 10, regular cognitive assessments. Check your brain. Make sure you're getting cognitive assessments, especially over the age of 40. Making sure that you are getting checked. Asking your healthcare provider to do a cognitive assessment for you. Many PCPs, primary care professionals, can do this. And if they can't, they will refer you and that is a great way to just keep a thumb on top of your mental acuity as each decade passes. That's a, that's a great little tip there as well. I hope this podcast was useful about the brain. And sure, like, get this going. We do this for you. Give us some feedback. We always love the feedback. That's where this podcast came from. Somebody asked, hey, do you know anything about the brain? i like, not much, but I can definitely learn and give a podcast about it. And show you what's going on. Actually, through chiropractic care, that's all we do is work with the brain. So it's all about the brain's function to the body. So we're working with the body to make sure that the brain can always communicate to it at hundred percent and back and forth. So that's the whole function of chiropractic. So I joke about you know not knowing the brain, but we definitely work with the autonomic nervous system directly through what we do. Have a fantastic week. Stay healthy. Stay well. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Living a Full Life Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.